In the world today, people are hurting. During these times, people have been dealing with higher levels of negative energy than ever before. More importantly, people have had to deal with internalized trauma, financial despair, and health concerns. If you're feeling down or have hit rock bottom, know you aren't alone. What you are facing is negativity, and you have the power to defeat it. It's been with you all along. It's time to go within and discover just how strong you really are. Negative Orientation, Breaking Through the Programming is a book I've written that gives insights and practical steps on what to do to break free. You can find it available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Google Play. Are you ready to overcome? If so, get your copy today. Welcome to the Born for Better podcast. It's about better health, better wealth, and better self. And I'm your host, Devin DeWine. And today I have a special treat for you all. I have someone who literally, she has been in this music game for a little over eight years. She dropped an EP album, and then she turned around and dropped the actual album. And she literally has been blowing up the uh, charts with her, um, her hits. She is a hip-hop artist, and she's literally conscious. She's soulful. She's spiritual. And she is talented. She is the wonderful Miss Aisha Marie. If you can give it up for her. Yes, indeed. Aisha, Aisha, how are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you for that lovely introduction. No problem, no problem. It is definitely well-deserved. Uh, this is going to definitely be informal. This this is not a... a, a uh, this is not one of those interviews where I'm going to just ask you a million and one questions. I, I want it to flow, you know, and then that way the audience kind of gets a genuine feel of you and just, you know, what it is that you do, what it is that you uh, bring to the table, etc. So the first thing I wanted to ask is uh, just about the music in general. Like what, what made you want to get into music? What was calling you to do that? If I didn't do it, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. If if five or 10 or 15 years had passed by and that passion that I had deep inside, like burning inside of me, if I never did anything with it as far as produce or created anything, I would have been really upset with myself and regretful. And that's one regret I didn't want to have in life. And so um, I had an old boss and she used to tell me, Aisha, I want you to run after things that give you energy and passion. And I took that with me and I never stopped. And so music is just one of those things that I'm obsessed with and I had to do it. it. It was just that, that, um, you know, I've had little nudges along the way from friends and people in my community, but it was literally one of those things where I obsessed over like, you know, it's now or never, I didn't need to do it or I'm going to be crying about it. And so, uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to do it. I had to push past whatever fear reservations I had wow. and pursue music. Now, would you say that you knew from the start what you wanted to do? Like you just knew I was born to do music. <laughs> and, and and was there some some hesitancies in the beginning, you know, that the kind of said, you know what, I want to step back from this. In the beginning, I was just trying to survive. And so like like many African Americans who live in Chicago, I'm the product of the Great Migration. 
So mm-hmm. my people came from the South, from Mississippi, and they migrated up here on trains to Chicago. And their aspirations for me and my siblings and my cousins was just like, go to school, go as far as you can go. We definitely want to have some doctors and some lawyers and all of that, but I was not academically gifted. Like mm-hmm. I just, I barely made it through high school, um, <laughs> but I was always into the arts and music. Yeah. Right, I was never like I always wanted to be like the textbook, just super smart. Like I'm smart, but I wasn't like just academically just gifted, like oriented in that way. But like I'm straight A's, A's and B's. Like no, I was like I understand. B plus C's. <laughs> I just didn't try, and I think I just wasn't motivated. And there were things in my life that I think contributed to that that happened to me, but that just wasn't my path. And um, no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I went to college, I got into journalism because I was like, well, I like writing and I do write a lot. So let me just do journalism. But when I graduated from college, I was just like, okay, what now? And I ended up working a bunch of odds and ends jobs just to literally keep gas in the car and keep my phone on and just survive. (laughs) So I was just kind of cruising through life. I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do. But uh, when music kind of became the thing I couldn't get away from, that's when it just kind of turned into that. I've been working as like, I have been working as an administrative professional for years, like at different colleges and universities. I kind of fell into that. So that was like my nine to five gig. But then with music, um, I felt like I just got to start placing people in my life to encourage me and push me in that direction. And then it just took on a life of its own. So no, I didn't know that that was what I wanted to do. Um, But once I became like an adult, I was just like, okay, this is something that I love and I enjoy and I need to really pursue it for real. And um, yeah, that's how that transition happened. And and I'm glad you're being open about it because, you know, there's this, this expectancy that you're supposed to know what you're supposed to do when you're in school and then you get out of high school and you're going to college because absolutely you're going to get that degree and the thing that you want to do it's this 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 invisible expectancy out there that we should know and i'm just i'm so you know proud that you continue to push forward and figure it out but most importantly you you decided to seek out answers for yourself like is this something i really want to pursue and just even you saying okay well i can't live without it proves that right yeah but well, let's talk about the, the 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 initial point when you first started getting into uh, the music. You know, what was going through your head? You, you know, and especially for those who are saying, well, you know, I want to get into music, too. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yep. So my brother uh, was a producer, songwriter, just a musical genius all around. He um, we, when we started doing any type of recording, it was in his closet in at our father's house. So he had a little booth set up in there. And when I started doing music and, you know, that was like the first studio. And then I met uh, another young man, kid from the neighborhood. We grew up with him. He was a producer, super talented guy. And uh, he introduced me to like real studios, like real legit state of the art studios. So I started songwriting and working with him and simultaneously working with my brother, writing hooks and, you know, recording. Uh, singing hooks and stuff like that so that was how I started but um, I had a friend he was like Aisha 
I know you write and you do poetry and you used to rap. He was like, you should really get back into it. Cause at that point I was like 23, I was like 22, 23. And okay. I had started rapping when I was like 15, 16 and I had always been in music, but he was like, you should be an artist. And I was like, no, nah, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and then he was like, no, you should really, I think you can do it. And so like, maybe like, and he didn't know, like, around that time I was writing. Like, I would be waking up 2, 3 in the morning writing rhymes because I was like, I have this idea in my head or this concept. I need wow. to write it down. So that was happening simultaneously. It was all orchestrated by God. And that I know because he was just, like, pushing me to do it. And so my brother was had an opportunity to live and work in L.A. as a producer. And I said, hey, um, let me go through some of your tracks and I'll just pick some out and, you know, uh, put it to what I'm, I'm writing. So I picked out some tracks and I had through him, I got connected to uh, Classic Studios. And that's actually the studio like Chance the Rapper has recorded there, uh, Smino, um, Saba, like a lot of Chicago like wow. rappers and stuff, they've all recorded there. And I think Classic manages, uh, I know he manages like Smino, maybe some other artists, but the owner of that studio. So my brother and my cousin used to record there and they're really heavy. Uh, in the music scene here in Chicago and in LA and so I was like can you connect me with them so I started recording there and then I just got connected to other people like through just colleagues and work relationships hey this person does graphic design so I got them you know and he's a photographer videographer so it just kind of came through just relationships with really artistic people or saying hey I'm looking for somebody that does this or this or so, this or so. that. Sometimes I think when you when you when you're first starting out, you don't always have the language uh -huh. or the words to articulate what you're looking for, and sometimes you don't know what you're looking for until you're in the situation. So, um, but nowadays you have Pinterest, you have IG, you have like I'm looking for somebody who can do this. Like literally, save the photo, save the video, or whatever. Say a graphic designer, a person that can do this. You know, because now you can use social media as your connector. But for me. I was living in the house with some incredible artists and musicians that just had connections and knew a lot of people. So that was my segue into that. It was all around you. Like that's that's mm -hmm. crazy that you had all of this talent all around you. I mean, in the house, down the block. Most people would would kill to have you know talent like that around. And they them were recording then. themselves. You know, like my cousin and my brother. Mm -hmm. They're both younger than me by like two, like three years, but they were, they have been recording themselves and writing songs and stuff for years. So by the time I got around to, I was like, I didn't know how to put a project together, but I'm going to take these songs that I feel are the best songs at the time and put them together and just ask them for their feedback. And they kind of took, you know what I mean? Like they kind of helped me, um, along the way, um, but I was really blessed, you know, to, like I said, to be in that situation because they had already been doing it since they were like 13. You know what I mean? Like, wow. <laughs> like wow. yeah. and, and, and so now, you know, being in the music, what would you say has been one of your greatest joys in being involved with your passion? Creating. I love the process of the creation. Um, because it's like, you know, when I first sit down, like if, if I'm writing a song or I'm getting together with the musicians or the producers, excuse me, and we're arranging, it's always like this gut feeling like you're on the verge of something great. Even it, like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. It's just that like 
everything is flowing for you. Everything feels so good to you because it's like, yes, I'm literally on the verge of something amazing. And um, just being in that creative space, there is nothing like it. Like, I love that moment because I never know where the song is going to end up. I, I don't know where the sound is leading, but it's just like when we all get in the room together and start creating um, from the process of me writing the song and getting in the arranging process and then getting together with the singers and they start harmonizing and vocalizing and it just comes, it's just so beautiful. Um, and to me, it's just, it's just like, I just really feel God there. Cause it's like you, like God places that in us, like music in us and those gifts in us. And when you, when you start using it and creating it, I'm like, man, that's just high art. Like that's something that's just really special and, and beautiful that I can do this and create something amazing. So, I mean, uh, you, you talk about the creative aspect of things and it's obvious that you've created some beautiful works. So Thank share you. with us, oh, no problem, no problem. Share with us the the, the uh, EP that you came out with, right? Breaking Obscurity and, and then uh, share with us just how that led to the album, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, WYWS, like just kind of give us some insight on that. Breaking Obscurity, uh, at the time I was living in West Inglewood at my dad's house, and that's when I started recording and writing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to seriously pursue being an artist. And I had a lot of people around me that was like, I know Aisha's into music, I know she sings, but I don't know exactly what she does. So I kind of wanted to break the obscurity of that to say, I'm Aisha, I'm here. At that time, I was still trying to figure out my sound and my message, like what I wanted to say, how I wanted to... Uh, to convey it so I was still trying to figure that out but um, that project it was just like five songs uh, one of them was a poem that my friend did to contribute to the song that I wrote about three instances of abuse a lot of the the music was inspired by what I was living and seeing in West Inglewood at that time like growing up I always been in a church that was in the hood and so you have those two things juxtaposed side by side like you see everything you know Mm -hmm. uh, you see the religiosity of the church, but you also see all the turmoil of the street. And my work, in my work, like in my artistry, especially with my rap, uh, I always like to do that, like to paint those pictures and tell those stories because they're interesting to me. That's how I grew up. Like growing up on, on 63rd Street, right by the Green Line, like 63rd and Ashland, where the L is. Um, I mean, you see prostitution, you see a lot of drug addicts, you see a lot of the societal kind of walls and stuff that you see in the hood. So it's like, I can't help, like I'm walking to church, but I see that. I'm leaving church and I see that. And at nighttime, 63rd Street, you see prostitutes, you see all these things like right there. Mm -hmm. So that inspired a lot of my music because I have a song um, on the album called, it's, it's called Woes. And it's about just the stuff that I saw, like, you know, and I rode the green line for a long time, like for many years to get to work, to get to school and back. And I had to ride to the end of the line. So you saw oh, everything wow. from everything. downtown <laughs> to the end of the line. Yeah, Sweet Street and Ashton, that's the end of the line. So I saw everything like on the train and just, so I wrote about what I saw. And then the song Breaking Obscurity was about, this is what I see um, in the hood. Like I see people selling drugs. Like I see these things. But it's just like, where do I fit into all this? Like, I want to be the voice. Like, how can I be the voice directing people away from that? Because growing up, like when you're immature, you're trying to figure out who you are. You following the crowd. You doing what you feel you got to do to be accepted and to fit in. Until yeah. you know, like, it, until you become an adult. And it's like, I have a choice. 
like I have a choice. I can say no. I can go the opposite direction. You know, I I, I hear stories all the time uh, from doing ministry alongside my husband in Inglewood of a lot of young men. They were born into the gangs. I was born on the gang block. My uncle was in gangs. Mom, my aunt, and all of that. Um, and from from their perspective, it's like I didn't have a choice. I was kind of born into it. But you always have a choice. You know what I mean? Hmm. You may not always be ready for the consequences, right, of saying no. The consequences of saying, uh, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm not going to hang with y'all this time. I'm not going to go with y'all. You might not be ready for the consequences, right? But you always have a choice. You do. <laughs> and so for me, uh, my music was that choice. Um, and, and again, it's like, am I ready to deal with the repercussions of that or the consequences? Yes. Because when you put out work publicly, especially now in this age of social media, there's a comment section. Now, all the comments will be favorable towards you. Some people will say some nice things. Some people might say some nasty things, right? Some people yeah. might challenge you. So that comes with the territory of being an artist, even if you're not signed to a major, even if you're just indie, right? But I feel like, man, God equipped me with this gift. He's going to equip me with everything I need that comes along with that, too. I just have to move smart and move wise and surround myself with wise people. So, I mean, mm. the community that you surround yourself with is, is major key because they can speak into your life. They can challenge you. They can hold you accountable. Um, I have friends who are like, man, your favorite rapper's rapper. They have great lyricism and talent. And so I'm not going to like I'll hear their bars and be like, no, I need to push my pen a little harder. You know what I mean? But <laughs> <Right>. that's, <laughs> so uh Breaking Obscurity, that was the first project. Again, it was inspired by the neighborhood I was in and what I was seeing and feeling at the time. And also this newfound faith of becoming a new Christian at 24 and, and articulating that, but not hmm. removing myself from my surroundings, right? Because the situation around the church and around what I was growing up may not change, but God changed me in the midst of the situation. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I think it's still the, the same. You know, I still see the same prostitution, the drug addiction, all these things, the game banging, the, the violence. But it I'm was changed. Just internal. The, yeah, but I'm changed in the middle of it. So that's what that project was about. Then while you were sleeping, um, it was like, okay, I know the sound I want to go for. I come from a musical background. I'm going to bring in some more live instrumentation. I want to tell some stories. Right. So I've grown. So while you were sleeping shows the growth in me saying I'm not afraid anymore of my message um, of who I am as a Christian, but also where I come from, like Inglewood and West Inglewood. I love that neighborhood with everything in me because that's where I became of age. You know, mm -hmm. that's what contributed to the, how I speak and how I interact with people and everything that I learned in my love for Chicago. I like, came from that neighborhood. So that project was a declaration of um, it's like. You know how like everybody else like be sleep to maybe what you do. And, and for me, it was like, I'm introducing myself. Like here I am, I'm finna bust the door wide open and this is what I'm presenting to the world. But also for myself to say, you can do it. You have all the tools and resources you need. You need to wake up to that. Um, and that's what that project represented for me. So yeah. Ooh. And then now I'm working on the, the gospel EP. That was something I was afraid to do for a long time because I, I didn't want to be a front facing artist and do all the narration stuff like Kurt Franklin, it's your boy, yeah, Kurt Franklin. Like I didn't want to do that. Like <laughs> you know, I didn't want to do that, but I wanted to 
I was like, man, I have these amazing songs that I pinned and I just want to write the songs and arrange the music like the vocals. So that is another side of me I wanted to showcase. So the, the gospel EP is just another genre and another, another pocket I wanted to do because I was like, man, why not utilize all of my talent and not keep anything hidden? And that album is called uh, Signs of Life because it was recorded during this pandemic. And um I, I thought as an indie artist I was like man everything is on pause I haven't even been doing any shows um, one of my best friends who's who's the one of the main producers he got sick with COVID he was hospitalized for 8 days wow. we didn't know we didn't know what was going to happen to him we didn't know and then he had lost his father simultaneously at the same time and there were so many people around me getting sick and I was just like, like signs of life. It was like, I'm looking for signs of life just physically, but also spiritually, but also musically. So that's why mm-hmm. I titled the project that, because it was like, how do I keep going and try to find a lifeline? Yeah, it's a lot going on. In the middle of things being shut down, you know, because we didn't know what was going to be come of, of everything and everybody. So uh, that explains like the each musical project and just how it just kind of just grew out of one thing into another. So, yeah. Wow. Those I mean, the, the the fact that you can be raised in West Englewood, and, and as we know, that's one of the toughest places in, you know, the country to, to be raised in. And then to take a totally different path. And the, the one thing you say on, on multiple occasions is you have a choice. You have a choice. And sometimes people don't really believe they have that choice. Yeah. Why do you believe that is that that people don't believe how uh, there is a decision that I can make to go a different path? Internal uh, pressures and external. So the internal is just uh, yourself, whatever conversations you have within yourself that can be caused by trauma, your family system, situational, your mental state, all those things uh, contribute to you feeling like uh, there's not a way out hopeless like like hopelessness feeling like mm. there's no hope essentially whether that's internal or external pressures i think uh people believe lies wow. lies that they tell themselves and lies that they tell from other people and sometimes you feel trapped because you're around the same surroundings you're around the same people who talk the same who talk negative they don't speak words that edify or build up they spill they speak things that tear down you know they speak things that are negative i think um it's just a result of hopelessness and people believe in lies that uh, affects your confidence and affects your ability to see beyond what you can see, you know, yeah. um, but there's always hope. And that's I think that's a part of the frailty of uh, humanity is that we can only see as far as our eyes can see. We never exactly see beyond that. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole world out there. This may be happening in your block, but there's a whole city in Chicago I mean, Chicago has different cultures. Just if you go, if you drive from South Lakeshore Drive to North Lakeshore Drive, you see a disparity. You know what I mean? Like you see yeah. there's a difference. There's a different quality of life. There's different, you know what I mean? Uh, ethnicities and cultures and stuff. And um, I think it's just that. It's just people. It's like, what gives you sight beyond sight? It has to be hope. Like you have to hope in something. Like for me, it's Christ. It's God. I'm going to hope in Christ and God because every day he gives me breath I'm to do something with my life with my body um, I'm to make an impact right like I'm hmm. I have breath in life for a reason You're a vessel, and I have yeah. to live you know 
Yeah. And I think people, um, I think there are things that have just shut out hope in people's lives. And that's why they, they believe and think and act the way that they do. A lot of the, the violence in Chicago, right, is, is hopelessness and not valuing life. They don't know how to value life. And, and it's such a sad reality as we both come from Chicago and we, we have grown up and seen many different things and, and having to deal with that and still having to make a conscious decision to do something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, you know, my hats go off to you and people like you, you know, who, you. who are, are making it happen because we need more examples of that. We, and, you know, we we need more role models. We need better characters, you know, characters to to look up to. And, and I want to ask this question, and I like to ask people this question because it, it draws a pivotal point in a person's life. And that is, when did you realize that you were born for better? You could talk about a moment in time, mm-hmm. you know, maybe give a story, but when did you realize that? Hmm. Um, well, that's a really good question. When did I realize... I had the same friend that had encouraged me to um, get into music, like to pursue it as an artist. Every time I would see him, it would be, we went to the same college. So I would run into him often. And when when I wasn't physically around him, there was social media. So he would like check in on me, send me like Facebook messages. And he was always challenging me. I mean, from, uh, you know, who I was dating, like guys I had no business being with and, and, uh, to just things I was doing in my life. I really, I really wow. know that God sent this young man into my life. He was challenging me all the time. And I hated it. <laughs> Don't you? I hated it so much. I, I did. And um, but when I would be by myself and I would be thinking about things that he would say and things that he would point me, it would be like it would be like uh, Bible scriptures or just the quality of life, like examining my relationships things that because sometimes happiness can be deceiving right like you sometimes you can surround yourself with things and people that that make you happy or things that you feel are filling a longing or a void or a hole in your life or in your soul and it's not it's just you're giving it that attention and that power you're making it an idol in your life but it's really not sustaining you it's not making you any better you know it's just something that you're giving your energy to you're making it more than what it is and so it was in those moments when I would get by myself I would think about a lot of those things like I feel Mm -hmm. like he was just an instrument that God was using to point me that you are born for better you're born for me like you aren't living um, your God given potential what I'm placing you like you're just following after people things that you think will make you happy whoever told you like this is the model of success Asia this is what you need to do what you need to pursue that's what you're pursuing so it was in those moments I would be by myself in my room and I would think about those things and be like, man, I know um, I need to get out of this. I know I need to be moving differently. So those were those moments. And there was one moment in particular, like I said, I was in my room and I was just like, man, I need to cut off these people, this type of thinking, and I need to move differently. And it was like, I made that decision that day. Um, I prayed, I cried out to God and I said, God help me because I'm, I need to move differently and I want to be different. I want to be better. And um, I mean, I really think God rescued me in that moment. And um, I had uh, I had people that I didn't even know about that God provided me. I had a community. I had people uh, willing to walk and do life with me. So I, I realized like I wasn't alone because I think that was mm. one of the lies I believe like 
because sometimes we we do that damage to ourselves like oh you know if i leave this i'm gonna be lonely i'm not gonna have anybody i don't have the money i don't and it's just like no god is gonna provide you everything you need like i have everything that i need if i step out on faith and i really pursue this whatever it is um you just have to really dare to believe that you are born for better um and, and, and wow. the action behind it. You know what I mean? Like, if you believe you're born for better, what is going to be the fruit of it? Like, are your actions going to follow? Um, mm. And I think that was that moment for me. Like This was like right after college. So this was around the same time, like, like 23, 24 years old. That's when my life just really, uh, man, transformed. And I gained my confidence too, like like in those moments, because I don't think I didn't have any confidence or really sh- or strength or grounding before that. But in that moment, it was like, yes, God, like I'm gonna go all the way. All the things that I've been dreaming about and hoping for, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna do it. Mm. Wow, uh, we could just cut the show right here because that was just that was uh, man, that was intrinsically powerful. That was a deep, a deep message, and the reason why I always like to ask that question is because it, it challenges us to go back to that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause at, at, at a certain point we were moving the wrong way. We know it. We, we know it. And, and you, you had it uh, uh, right. You hit the nail on the head. We're following the pack. Yeah. We're following the crowd, but the crowd is leading us astray. It's definitely not leading us to who we truly are meant to be. Mm-hmm. So you've referenced God on multiple occasions throughout this conversation and it is definitely uh, uh, a sure thing at this point that you believe in a higher power you believe in, in, in a greater source you know when did you get into that what drew you to that and and, and how did that relationship exalt you yeah I mean growing up it? growing up in church like like you can be in something and a part of something, but your heart really not be transformed like by it from the inside out, right? Like you, uh, you know, I was like to talk to, you know, students and like my mentees and be like, how, how do you know an apple tree is an apple tree? You don't see apples on it. You're not going to see peaches on it because if you see peaches on apple tree, it's not what it is. Um, and growing up, like we knew who the drug dealers were. Why? We're going to see them in that same car. We're going to see the customers. We're going to see the money. Like we know a drug dealer is a drug dealer because we see, we see the fruit of it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's the same way I knew a prostitute was a prostitute. You're going to see her out there. She's going to be up there every night, you know, mm-hmm. doing what she does. So for me, it was just like, I, I grew up in the church environment. My father was a pastor, but I didn't know God. It was just, you can go through the motions. You can just do things because it's cultural because it's yeah. familial you know what i mean just because it's you know just a part of you is expected of you but you're not really doing it from the heart i mean i can i mean i probably at like four or five years old because i went to christian school i could quote scripture from rote memory 23rd time the lord is my shepherd i shall not want you know <laughs> there are people who are, they haven't been to church in years and they know john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his only son everybody know that right but um it's a it's a it's a, a, a huge contrast, right? A stark difference, and when when you really know, um, mm. and your life is just switched up. And for me, uh, I felt like I surrounded. I, I made myself very very comfortable in my life and in my lifestyle with things that I felt would kind of keep me going. And it, and it wasn't God; it was just like the relationship I was in. 
the friendships I had. And then it came to a point, those things were ruptured. Like they just started falling around me. And when, wow. when those things start crumbling, I, I realized very quickly, I was like, man, <laughs> like, what was I, like, what was I thinking? Like these things are gone and I feel like I'm nothing and nobody without them. Um, when in essence, that wasn't true. But I had made them the gods of my life. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those were the gods of my life, and um, and a lot of it it, it it was out of ignorance and just being human and flawed and sinful. But I think um, when I got challenged, when you get presented with with truth, because the truth always stands on its own, and it always stands outside of you until you receive it and you take it in, and it becomes so much a part of your life. And for me, the gospel truth, all right, I knew Jesus died, he rose again. They tell us that growing up in church all the time, but I didn't know what that meant for my life. I didn't know that had any implications on my life. So I talk about God a lot because, man, he's the author and the finisher, the beginning and the end of my life. Like the only reason I'm able to do music the way that I do and live my life is because of him. Because I know it was him, those times in my room when I would ponder on what the young man was saying, switched up my whole worldview. Um, like I exist for him, like everything I have and I own, um, is because of him. And, uh, I think what's interesting, like in, in my family, I had a family that dealt with poverty and then I had the family that was well off. So I was Mm -hmm. able to see both. And, um, so the message to me always was, man, you know, the American dream. Go to school, get your degree, make a lot of money, get married, white house, pick your fence, have some kids, live it up. But when, when you become an adult and you start going through life and you hit those rough <laughs> patches, it's like, it's no, not, it's like not yeah, it's not like that. There's struggle, there's pain. And and um, what the Bible calls Christians to, right? Because I'm a Christian. I became a Christian at 24 when I made that choice. It's very simple. It says, be content with the things that you have which is a great, not just great platitude, but a great truth because then I won't be envious. I won't be greedy. I won't be chasing what I feel I need to have other people have. Like I go on my, if I, if you go in my closet right now, bro, I have so many shoes. I don't even wear. Right. (laughs) And, um, I have clothes. I haven't even worn yet. Stuff I bought that's just sitting like in there. Like, and I look at my life where I have food, I have clothes, I'm able to pay my bills and I'm able to save some money and invest some money. And I'm Come like, on. man, I'm really, I'm really, really blessed. Come on. And um, it's like I didn't realize how much I needed God until the things that I made God in my life were taken from me. And then I was like, man, I, what am I? What do I have left to stand on? Or what am I building my life on? And um, you know, Jesus says, if you build your life on His words, you'll never be put to shame. Uh, he becomes. Um, everything it supplies you with everything you need and and ever since like I gave my life to Christ like I like nothing 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 I've I've dealt with depression I had postpartum after I had my son because you know I'm a first time mom mm. and um mm. God got me through like I don't see how anyone could live their life without God because it's just like he is uh he's everything he's given me all things to enjoy and I think it helps me to look at life that hope that I did not have before because I was putting my hope in people and in things like I always have that hope even on hard days I still have struggles you know um there are still dark times and I don't know what the future holds but I know who holds the future and that gives me hope I think for all of humanity for anybody who's listening to this podcast like you must hope 
Mm. You must hope. Even when you when, when all you see is darkness, when the forecast just looks bleak and dark and dreary, you must hope. Because that breath in your body, that comes from God. That's the hope. And and um I love affirming, I like your the title of this Born for Better because every human being has the breath of God in their lungs and they're born for better. You just have to reach for it, you know, you have mm-hmm. to trust and have to hope. And I just mm-hmm. refuse to live as if there's no hope because I know that's not true. Oh my God, this is beautiful. It's just, you, you can tell obviously that you are a lyricist just the way you, you collectively put together words. And I I love people who are lyrical because uh, <laughs> I'm a lyricist myself just with, with poetry and things of that nature. But that was just well said. That was well said. And, and, and that's with all seriousness because we, we when you come from a place that lacks hope and, and, and you see it, this is a practice thing within your community, then it's hard to, to move through our life with it. And if I'm going to add something to that, I would just say uh, the hope comes from the faith, the the, the faith and, in, in, you know, the most high, the faith in something greater than yourself. That's basically powering you. You know, it's like the charger and you're the battery. Right, it's powering you to, to move throughout uh, life, and, and 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 that's definitely evident with you. Is that there's a there's a supercharger, and you are a strong battery, and it's just it's kicking out wattage after wattage to keep you moving in the direction that you're moving in. So, you know, continue to be that for you know, many of the young people, for many you know men, young men, young women, you know, and, and even our peers. Like sometimes we. And our age group, we don't even see what's possible anymore because it seems like all of the imagination, all of the creativity, all of the dreams have been siphoned from us. And we have to go within. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that um, they say that God sits at the seat of the soul, right? So you got to go within to, to figure out who you are in the midst of this great presence. And the so work. I, it's like our, a, a lot of times... Like, I know people, I encourage them to go to therapy and counseling. And I tell them, if you have the belief that it's not going to work, one, you're believing that it's a hopeless situation. When we know it's not, because we have these resources for a reason. There are people who are equipped to help you. Um, but you have to do some work in counseling and therapy. You know what I mean? Like, you, it, it'll work for you when you do the work. Like, you have to put in the work to have those conversations to cut certain types of behaviors out of your life. Like you have to do the work to discipline yourself. And that comes with any dream, with any anything as far as it, that you're pursuing in life. I think a lot of people don't, <laughs> because we're in a, a kind of a culture where you have instant gratification um, on social media. You know, uh, people are able to rise to fame very quickly if you go viral. So a lot of times it's just like, you know, people want to do the least bit of work or hmm. just enough, to, you know, to get by. But I mean, life overall, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah. you're willing to put in the work and you're going to have times where things are going to get hard. Like you're, but you, then you have to learn to persevere. Like those things come so you can learn to persevere and then they build your character and then they build endurance and they also help you so you can help somebody else. So I think too, I think people, you know, 
underestimate the journey because it's just like, oh, it's not going to be easy. Nothing, <laughs> nothing comes easy. As we, we so wish it did, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, I mean, with what we see going on in the world around us now with the onset of social media and, and all of this technology and it's like the world's just getting smaller and smaller as we have all these different platforms to connect. What do you think the society at large and the, and the community around you uh, needs more of as far as like, you know, character, as far as role models? Like, what is it that we can do, you know, uh, to to help out with what is going on around us? I think uh, I've, I just talked about this recently on another podcast I was on. I think that people need to be willing to say or do the thing that freaks them out mm. and that maybe will come at a cost. And I say that because um, in my life, I've had to have these risk the relationship conversations where it's like this behavior, my interaction or my behavior, like it's, it's bothersome, it's troubling and it's not beneficial. And I need to say something or do something that's gonna cut off a person or behavior or certain inclinations from me that will make me healthier. And it's hard because it's become habit. I'm used to it, I'm comfortable and it's gonna rub some people the wrong way. It's like the, the risk of relationship conversation or action is standing up for yourself. I think people hmm. need to stand up for themselves. Um, in such a way where, uh, like I said, when you like when you do what everybody else wants you to do, a lot of times you're miserable because you're just trying to keep them happy. But when you do what you want to do, or you know you're called to do what you should do, you know what I mean? Like that's when you know you're happy because it's just like I don't have to keep uh, suppressing myself and my feelings and my thoughts and stuff to appease other people, hmm. and. Um, so I think having hard conversations is hard for most people. Um, I know some people that are confrontational and stuff like that, but I mean conversations that are necessary. Like for instance, um, I had a friend that I think the friendship just served her. And I didn't always realize that until um, I would get in situations where like I would, you know, need her, expect her to show up and she just wouldn't. She just wouldn't. It would be like, she would kind of demean me and mm. be disrespectful and and I had put up with it like for like a long time and then I was like I know if I say this thing she's gonna fly off the handle she's gonna go off on me she might curse me out but I need to because I I deserve more respect than that and I think people um I, now needless to say our friendship didn't continue after that because she took it how she took it and I didn't do it in a respectful way like I did it in a way that was honoring to her, but I said everything that I needed to say. Say this isn't helpful. This isn't beneficial for my growth. Our growth together, and uh, this needs to. Hmm. You need to discontinue this, or else we can't continue our relationship. And um, I know a lot of people. They just put up with stuff. Like my my colleague, she used to say when situations would happen at work, she's like, "Aisha, just grin and bear it." And I'm like, "I can only bear <laughs> it for so long." Like I I, <laughs> you know, not that I'm angry or like walking around confronting people all the time but some confrontations are necessary so I think if people do the necessary confrontations and stand up for themselves when you stand up for yourself you stand up for other people you know what I mean because mm. um, 
it helps people realize that they have worth and value. And I think we need to instill those values and stuff in the culture. Cool. That's just my two cents about that. Because I've been doing that in my own life and it'll continue to happen um, too. You know, like some people out there, I say this for myself, you you might have people who are poor money managers and it doesn't matter how much like they might ask you for money all the time like every week it doesn't matter how much money you give them they're still going to be poor money managers because you need to have the conversation with them and say hey do we need to sit down and do a budget do we and that might make them upset but then you don't want to keep enabling behave you know poor behavior exactly with a poor exactly. Money manager. Because you can, if I give you $20 here, $30 here, $40 here, every time you borrow money that you can't pay back because you're a poor money manager, like that's not going to help you, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I need to be able to have the conversation. No one you're going to get mad, but hey. This is what it is. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I liked, I like what you said when you say, um, risk the relationship conversation I, I like that I, it got a little flow to it but you have to be willing to to risk it though I mean life itself is a big risk you know if you're if you're choosing to live you know not just choosing to exist but if you're really choosing to live this life a quality life and make something of yourself it is a big risk that you're taking and uh, I can definitely appreciate a person who's willing to have those hard conversations because it seems that nowadays communication is the hardest thing for people to do. But it's interesting because we live in a time where communication is at an all time high with all of the different outlets and platforms and technologies that we can use. So it's, <laughs> it's just ironic that that is taking place today. Um, you are not only... A, a, a person who has a music career and not only a person of faith you know not only a, a person who uh has done all these musical projects but your your mom your wife your sister how do you balance all of these different things you know all of these titles if you will you know especially for the for the young ladies out there now you know uh they, they have a lot on their plate they, they, they got a lot that they want to you know do want to accomplish how do you balance it all and how can you kind of uh fill them the way yeah so with, with my husband um when we met, we had so much in common just in our backgrounds. With We were both musicians, like really young at an early age. We both were pastor's kids, so we understood the pressure and the judgment that came with that with being a pastor's kid, how people sometimes don't really like let you live. They hold you to a higher standard, but it's just like, I'm a kid, you know, just like all these other kids. So we understood that, that whole narrative and the expectations for us. Um, but also, I think too, for a lot of times, like women don't think that they can have successful careers or things like that and be married as if they're competing um, interests. And they're, they're, they are if you make it that way. Hmm. But if you switch up your perspective, it's like I have someone who's going to walk through life with me and be an addition to my life that's going to help me in my pursuit of those things to be my encourager and on my team. So I, I see my marriage as like my husband is not my enemy. He's on my team. And there are times when we have arguments and disagreements about things, but we still love each other. Like we still know how to agree to disagree and work through conflict. And, and in any marriage, you have to be committed to working through conflict because a lot of people aren't. A lot of people want to give up and like, nope. But it's just like me and my husband both came into this with the understanding that like neither one of us are perfect. We're going to fail each other. We're going to disappoint each other. 
mm-hmm. just told me this the other day. We had a conversation. He was like, "I'm not perfect. I'm flawed, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up." <laughs> but that's that's to be expected. But see it as you have somebody on your team who's rooting for you, who's your biggest cheerleader, biggest supporter. So that's how I see, uh, you know, my marriage. And um, my husband and I both do music. He's a producer. You know, nice. we both uh, are really goofy. You know. So there's just a lot of things that we're able to really enjoy each other's uh, company and enjoy each other's husband and wife, but um, help each other in our goals and our dreams. And um, when I became a mom, because my son was born April of last year, he just made a year old, April 25th. Um, it was hard to, to, to juggle music. So I had to find times to get enough sleep and energy to take care of a newborn <laughs> baby but yeah. also complete projects that I had to slow down on or or projects I had to come to a halt because I was actively working and planning on like music videos and studio sessions and stuff when I had the baby so I had to find the time to do that so a lot of times it would be like okay if he's napping I'm gonna finish this song or I'm gonna record while he's sleeping or, okay, my husband's home. He'll have him for a couple hours. So it was just about managing the time. So I had to do a lot of calendar assessment and calendar work to make sure that I could fit in all the things. Like now, I'm, um, like I'm not doing as many shows as I did before. I was doing several shows like before my son. But now I'll probably do a show once every few months, you know, um, if that. So my time is a lot different, but I'm still able to do what I need to do. And um, I think I, I have, I'm blessed to be surrounded by a lot of moms who are creatives and artists oh, as well. Wow. And they're still able to do it. One one lady I know, she has uh, four children and she still, she has her podcast. She has, now it's not easy, but it's possible. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And mm. that's what I like to tell women. Like, yes, when you have a husband and a family and you're an artist and creative and career woman, priorities change they're going to shift the dynamic is going to change you might not have the same energy or the same time but you can still do it you just have to be more intentional about carving out time and just maybe making a schedule that works um but like had i not seen women around me actively doing it i wouldn't have known it was possible but it totally is i mean think about it cardi b has two kids beyonce has what three kids so if you see these huge celebrities doing it and then we're just you know for us who are not sound like we're just indie artists like how much more can we do it like right. they have full schedules they go on tour they flying all you know across the country across the world they have to do press junkets and interviews and so I'm the like <laughs> yeah they, they what I'm saying is they have way busier busier schedules like mm-hmm you know, and expectations on them and stuff. So I was like, I know it's it's possible. It's not easy because you have to find childcare. Childcare is expensive. Everything in life, in, in addition to gas, is going up. Food is going up, right? Yeah. So money and stuff like that. But it's just like you just have to um, just try to navigate it the best you can, but do it, do it with the team. I, I feel like anything, like as long as you have support around you, people, mm-hmm. you have ample resources. You know hmm. what I'm saying? Like people have resources. People, yeah, that love because you can't do anything alone. Like in the bubble, especially with art, uh, artistry and, and creativity and the business, you need a team around you who can give you sound advice and can, can help you. You know, help carry you along. 
we weren't meant to do it alone. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. If, if that was the case, then we, it would have been one person on the planet, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do but, it in community. And, and you know, I, I know we're kind of drawing near to the end, and I want to get this in. Um, the 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 woman that you are obviously is an incredible person, but what what uh, type of woman? do you want to become like if you can extrapolate your life out over the next few decades and say you know what when it's all said and done this is what I want to be remembered for this is how I want to have served this is how I want to have given back this is the 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 creative works I want to leave behind you know who is that woman what is she doing what does she accomplish tell us what it Mm -hmm. is So I definitely want to be a mentor to young women, pour into a lot of young women. Um, That's definitely something I'm doing now and I want that to continue and to grow and to see and to see those women uh, replicate that, like to do the same thing that I've done with them, like with other women, because I think that's beautiful so that it continues. Mm. And um, I also want to, because I know how hard it is to be an artist, like an indie artist, and not have the funding and the financial support that you need. I want to be able to fund other artists' projects and dreams. And so um, I want to kind of get a, a foundation or organization up and running where I can support artists who have musical interests and musical talent and creative projects, creative ventures that they don't you know, have the finances for and be able to give grants to artists. And that's something I want to continue even after I'm gone, like to start uh, something like that, because I've been able to have quite a few projects funded through grants. And it was, man, a huge blessing and a lifeline for me to continue my work. And just because, you know, I'm wired that way. And I know several other people who are like, I want to be able to see them like not be discouraged because they don't have what they need. But they also have, you know, um, a, a resource to continue that work and to fund their projects. Yes. So in a nutshell, um, just to be able to provide financial support for, for artists, black and brown artists in, in particular. Uh, because, like I said, I know the struggle and I know I know how hard it is and how it can be discouraging. It's, and I don't want that to be a roadblock to someone's creativity. So that's what I want to do. That's where I see myself. Ooh, oh, world look out look out and <laughs> see, you, you spoke right now you just spoke it into existence so frankly it's already happened it's just about you know walking into it and eventually it's gonna come to pass right oh yeah uh, and then sure. that, that's definitely why i wanted to ask that question as we draw here to a close you know final thoughts what is it that you can say to or, or, or encourage uh, people who who want to be better, they're they're just looking for that that inkling that okay, I can make this happen. I can make this transition. I can make the choice. I can make the leap. I can make the jump. What is it that you would say to a person who wants to be better? First, pray, 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 pray. Ask God. Say, God, show me you, and then show me who I am through you. What have you given me to be successful, to be impactful? Show me how to be born for better. Um, show me the direction I need to be going in and he will answer. A lot of times we're looking in the wrong places. That's the first thing. Um, 
The second thing I would say is to surround yourself by people who um, who are a little bit further along than you, who um, have a demonstrated track record of success, maybe in whatever field or area. It might be marriage. It might be finances. It might be someone that started a business, someone that's in music. Surround yourself with people who have done it because it's a reminder that it's possible. It's a reminder that there's hope and it's also a reminder that you have tools and resources in people uh, that you surround yourself by. And it also helps you increase your network because what I like to do is, and, and a lot of times you have to be willing to be humble and vulnerable. A lot of times I'll say, hey, I wanted to connect with you because I know that you're experienced at A, B, and C. We'd love to set up a combo or whatever. If you can't, can you point me in the direction of someone who can, who will be willing? Mm. You know, be willing to do that because that opens up the conversation. That opens up, opens up a network for you that you didn't have before. Um, so I would say be willing to do that because you, what you want to do is begin to establish a community that has resources and support to help you in, in whatever it is um, so that you're not uh, alone or thinking you're alone, right? And I mm. think maybe even setting up some type of regular check in with that person just to keep you on target and help you with goal setting. And I think the hardest thing to do is to be vulnerable and humble and say, like, I need help. You know, a lot of people don't, don't like doing that. But um, really, you know, on this road to success and whatever it is, you'll need that. You'll need people to help you along and help push you. Um, I would say that. And then also um, be patient. There are going to be some roadblocks. Uh you know, there are going to be things that that come that discourage you, that throw you off guard. Um, you know, mental, physical, emotional health, like all of those things play a role in you just becoming you and pursuing your goals. But be patient um, and know that, hey, sometimes there is a bump in the road, but I can continue. Maybe not right now, you know, but maybe tomorrow, maybe, you know, in a few months or a few years from now. But don't let those bumps in the road just throw you off track. Just know it's a part of the process. It's a part of the journey of you uh, becoming, like you said, born for better. So that I mean, that would be just, that would be my advice. Man, Asia, it has been a pleasure to to have this conversation with you. I think that you know when people listen to this, whether it's you know weeks from now, months from now, years from now, they'll get a whole lot of insight just in this short amount of time that we had. And hopefully we can have you back again as you continue to do these big things within your music career. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you definitely want to check her out. And Asia, if you can let people know where they can check you out at, uh, shout out to social media, websites, things of that nature. For sure. So I have a website is www.asiamarie.com. So Asia spelled with two A's, A-A-S-H-A. So AsiaMarie.com. And I also have a YouTube page. You can check out my latest uh, music videos, uh, interviews, and vlogs there. But yeah, www.AsiaMarie.com. Most definitely, most definitely. With that being said, remember this. Do better as an action. Be better as a lifestyle. I'm your host, Devin DeWan. And until next time, take care. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Born for Better podcast. 
And if you like what you're listening to, please go ahead and subscribe. Oh, and please note, every week a new episode is released. So stay tuned.